thinking about being in the right place at the right time. I just want to commend you. I know you don't necessarily need my commendation uh, because you're a mature body of Christ. Uh, but I do want to give you my commendation for being here, for coming together, for staying together uh, as members of the body of Christ. You know, as I've traveled throughout the United States over the last 30 months, I've really seen a significant impact uh, of the year 2020 on local churches around our nation. It seems that Christians, unfortunately, have allowed uh, the ideologies of our present society uh, to infiltrate their own hearts and minds, those ideologies being uh, isolation, individualism, non-accountability, convenience, all of which are totally contrary to the ideologies of the kingdom of God, uh, which are the communion and the community of the saints, serving in the kingdom, serving people, being together, loving one another, mutually supplying, right? So, you know, I think uh, the enemy attempted to, to use 2020 to dismantle the impact of local churches worldwide uh, because the local church is essential to the body of Christ and it's essential to the life of every Christian. Uh, but aren't you glad that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. So, you know, ever since he uttered those words, he's been busy establishing his kingdom, building his church, the ecclesia, the elect, those who are called out, separated from the world, separated unto his divine purpose and empowered to establish his kingdom and his will in the earth. And a very essential part of that building program and process is the local church. I'm not sure many Christians realize, but one of the most uh, significant decisions uh, that you and I will make as a Christian is where we go to church. That one decision will have tremendous impact on our lives personally and the lives of our family and potentially our destiny. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen, the Apostle Paul said, God has set the members, each one of them in the body, notice, just as he pleased. Is that up there? Yeah, just as he pleased. Notice it doesn't say just as we pleased. <laughs> right? One translation, the Moffat says, God has placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. So what that tells me is that uh, uh, if God has placed the members of the body where he wants them, and you and I are members of the body, then where I go to church and where you go to church is not necessarily a matter of personal preference as much as it is a matter of divine appointment and placement. Now, there's a reason for that. First of all, uh, you know, every sheep needs a shepherd, right? This is God's plan. This is his way. And so God will place each one of us in a local church under the care of a pastor where we can be fed the word, we can grow up spiritually, we can be nurtured and protected as a young believer, we can be encouraged and preserved as a mature believer, 
and where we can receive the necessary revelation, spiritual equipment, impartations uh, to keep us from the snares of the enemy along our journey and to put us on the right path to fulfilling our destiny, our purpose in life, business, ministry, family, whatever the case may be. So we say, you know, the local churches where each of us find our significance as a Christian. It's where our individual purposes are discovered within the, the corporate purpose. Are you with me? The context of the corporate purpose. None of us were intended to be an entity unto ourselves as a Christian. Our lives and our purposes are interconnected in Christ. So my life as a Christian and your life as a Christian will never find its true expression or fullness until I discover how I relate to the body of Christ as a whole. And that discovery primarily occurs within, once again, the context of the local church. And of course, you know, the local church is where we, we supply one another, we encourage one another, we stand by one another. I'm sure you've read this verse many times over the last three years. Hebrews 10.25, notice, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Now, this isn't just a good suggestion. This is Scripture not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. One translation says, let's not give up meeting together. All right? So, so you know, now, if you're watching online, don't get offended. This is a joke. But have you seen that little cartoon on, on <laughs> social media? Mr. Jones passed away, talking about coming together, staying together. And so he goes up to the pearly gates, and Peter meets him there, and he's checking the roll. Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones. Oh, yes, Mr. Edward Jones, I see you right here, sir. He said, now, I do note uh, as a side comment that you didn't actually go to church, but you did watch it online. So you don't actually get to go into heaven, but you may watch it online. <laughs> Now you know I'm kidding, but it's just a good, you know, a good reminder. Amen. Let's be together. So, you know, I'd never be where I am in my life if it were not for my constant and continual relationship with the local church throughout my life. I was born and raised as a Southern Baptist. Man, we were in church morning, noon, and night, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, whatever. We were there. I started serving in the local church as a teenager. I was trained in the local church. I met my wife in the local church. Our ministry was launched from the local church. And a large portion of our ministry still today is to the local church. So once again, I said where we go to church is not so much a matter of personal preference as much as it is divine appointment and placement. And I said there's several reasons. The first one was God knows what every single one of us are going to need personally to navigate our journey, to develop, to grow, to mature. He knows where to send us to receive that revelation, those spiritual impartations and knowledge. He also knows where to send us where what we call divine connections and relationships can be formulated. How many of you know that relationships in the kingdom of God are essential? And so God 
designs that our lives intersect with other Christians. And those relationships can be mutually beneficial, not only on a personal level, but also for kingdom purposes, which brings me to my second point. Why does God appoint people to, to local churches? Because it's not all about what we can receive, but equally important is about what we can supply. Are you with me? So you remember when Moses, uh, of course, had led the children of Israel out into the, the wilderness and God gave him a commission. He said, Moses, I want you to build me a tabernacle. Remember that? So we gave Moses the commission, but I want you to notice this, that there are not only personal destinies, but there are corporate destinies. So God joins and unites personal destinies to formulate corporate ones. And watch in Exodus 31, beginning in verse 1, notice. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I've called by name Bezil, the son of Uri, of the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I've filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting and carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. And I, indeed, I have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahishma, the tribe of Dan. And I've put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans, that they may make all that I have commanded you." Now, verse 11, and the anointing oil and the sweet incense for the holy place. Watch it. According to all that I've commanded you, shall they do. Isn't that interesting? Moses, I'm giving you a commission, but I'm going to surround you with individuals that I have gifted and graced in certain areas that will be able to bring that vision and that commission into fruition. So when God calls a pastor to a city like he has this one, he simultaneously calls a people. Did you know that? If they're listening. With the gifts and the graces and the resources and the abilities to bring that vision into fruition. Praise God. So I always tell people, listen, never let anyone or anything separate you from your God-appointed placement in the body of Christ as it pertains to the local church. I've been around long enough, and I've seen people, they leave churches out of offense, disagreement, personal agenda, or even life's discouragements. And they just pull away and separate themselves. And like I said, I've lived long enough to see it doesn't fare well long term. It can impact you personally, the lives of your family, but also it can hinder the development of what God had planned for you as a believer in context of that local church. So I realize people transition in life by the leading of the Holy Spirit. We understand that. But I do believe that there is an eternal blessing for people who will find their place and stick with it come hell or high water and be a blessing in their God-appointed place. Did you know you can be born and raised in the same city and attend the same church your entire life by the design and will of God? Woo! It's awesome. Amen. So somebody say, thank God for the local church. So that was the precursor to my main agenda this morning. Uh, and so anyway, 
you know, looking at you, I haven't been here in three years, a lot of new faces, a lot of people I haven't met. I, I hope I get to shake your hand and say hello. But looking around the facility, a lot of remodel, looking ahead to where you're going and what you're anticipating uh, and where you've come from, it just seemed good to me in the Holy Ghost today that we should have what I call a celebration service. And, and what I mean by that is celebrating the goodness of God. Looking back at His faithfulness, His goodness, right? His blessings and giving Him thanks for those. And then likewise looking to the future with a sense of expectation and likewise giving thanks. So I know this may be a little different for some of you, but get ready. Amen, because we're going to have a time this morning. It's called a celebration service where we, as the body of Christ, we offer what the Scripture terms the sacrifice of praise. Has anybody ever heard that term, the sacrifice of praise? Josh, give me just a little more in this monitor, and I won't push quite as much. Just a little more. Man, if I can't hear myself, I start really pushing, you know. All right. Glory to God. Like I said, if you're visiting, just hold on to your seatbelt. Amen. If you don't like it, come back. All right. But let me give you a little scriptural uh, support uh, as to what the sacrifice of praise actually consists of. Because, you know, everything we do should be scripturally supported. Are you with me? So let me give you a little history now. In the Old Testament, there was a priesthood from the tribe of Levi. How many of you are familiar with that reality? So there was a priesthood, and it was the responsibility of the priesthood in the Old Covenant to offer the various sacrifices and offerings that were required as ordinances of worship under the Old Covenant. They had daily sacrifices, weekly sacrifices, annual sacrifices. They had wave offerings, sin offerings, grain offerings. I mean, man, you name it, they had it. And it was the responsibility of the priesthood to offer the sacrifices that were required. But what I want you to see this morning, that as a New Testament Christian, and in the New Testament dispensation, the institution of the priesthood still exists. Did you know that? Well, let me show you how we know. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, notice what the Bible says. You, speaking of you and I, you are a chosen generation. A what? But what's the next phrase? A royal priesthood. Right? A holy nation. His own special people. So if somebody says to you, well, aren't you special? You say, yes, I am. Right? His own special people that you may proclaim. Claim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So here we are, man. We're in the New Testament dispensation. We are the priesthood as the sons and daughters of God. And it is our responsibility as the priesthood to offer the sacrifices that are required as ordinances of worship under the new covenant. Now, just a little further history so you'll know. You understand that in the Old Testament, man is separated from God because of sin. We have a sin problem. So Romans 6 and 23, what does that say? It says the wages, which means the payment or the compensation necessary for sin is 
death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, uh, you know, as we said, we've got a sin problem, and the payment necessary for that is death. So God said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to devise a temporary solution for this sin problem. And this is what we're going to do. I'm going to ordain a day called the Day of Atonement. How many have ever heard of that? The Day of Atonement under the Old Covenant for the children of Israel. And that means the Day of Payment. The day of compensation. And he said, on that day, the high priest and only the high priest will come into the inner sanctuary of the temple, which was called the Holy of Holies, where the very Shekinah presence of God was. And he said, he will take the blood of a sacrificial animal, and he will sprinkle that blood on the altar and on the mercy seat in my presence, and I will receive the blood of that animal as payment for the sins of the people for one year. We'll do it every year. You say, why blood? Well, Leviticus 17 and verse 11. Notice, the life of the flesh is in the blood. You don't have to, you know, very be very quick to realize that, right? The life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement or compensation or payment for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So every time the blood of that animal was shed, it was symbolic of it pouring out its life, and it was a substitutionary sacrifice for the, for the sins and the lives of the people. Because Hebrews 9.12 uh, tells us, uh, excuse me, 22, 9.22, it says, without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission. No dismissal of the charges. So God said, hey, I'm going to do this. We're going to do this every year until I can send the final solution, which he did. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. She will bring forth a son and will call his name Jesus, for he will what? Save his people from their sin. How? By shedding his own blood. The Bible says he was the Lamb of God slain from the foundations of the world. He shed his own blood upon the altar of the cross, eternally purging the sins of all who will receive the sacrifice. Eternally satisfying the claims of justice. Notice Hebrews 9.12, not with the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. How many of you have received that sacrifice? Come on. Oh, your sins are forgiven. Heaven is your home. Woo! And if you haven't done that, we're going to give you an opportunity today because you need to come into the family. He paid an awesome price for the forgiveness of sins. And he said, if if you will acknowledge that sacrifice, and if you will confess with your mouth that I am your Lord, you will be saved. And then you get to do what we're going to do. Celebrate. Amen? But listen. So that sin offering 
never has to be offered again. It has been offered once and for all, eternally once again, satisfying the claims of justice. However, here we are in the New Testament. New Testament priesthood. And guess what? There are still sacrifices that are to be offered. Now, it's not the blood of bulls, goats, pigeons, and doves. The sin offering never has to. What other sacrifices are they? Aren't you glad the New Testament tells us? 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. Notice, you also, as lively stones, are being built up a spiritual house. Yes, a holy priesthood. Now watch. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So, The sacrifices that you and I offer in the New Testament covenant are spiritual in nature and origin. And the New Testament tells us exactly what those are. We'll mention a few, or just two. Uh, But the first one in passing, Romans 12, 1 and 2, you know it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So God said, listen, one of the sacrifices I want you to offer me is your life, your body, moment by moment, day by day, lived in honor and submission to me. Right? The the Amplified says it this way. Oh, no, maybe it's the message. I'll just quote it. I didn't give it to you guys. But uh, the, the, the message Bible says, hey, here's what I want you to do, God helping you. And it does take his help. I want you to take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and I want you to place it before me as an offering. And don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even realizing it. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. That's awesome, isn't it? So that's one of the sacrifices. But the one we're going to demonstrate and experience this morning is in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Anybody with me? Therefore, by Him, that's speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, by Him... Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. Now, aren't you glad he didn't just leave it there to our imagination? He goes on to tell us exactly what that sacrifice consists of. The sacrifice of praise, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So when we offer the sacrifice of praise to God, guess what? It demands the expression of the heart in thanksgiving to God through the lips and the mouth. Are you with me? Now, in our modern society, we become unaccustomed to expressing our hearts, and we would rather give applause. Let's praise the Lord. Well, that's applause, and I don't have an issue. Oh, clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Fine. But when somebody says, hey, let's praise God, that's when the mouth goes open, and the words come forth, and we begin to thank Him and extol Him and tell Him how grateful we are. (laughs) 
Anybody in the house with me? Ooh, is that scriptural? Yeah. Psalm 34 and verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 71 and verse 8. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your honor all the day. So once again, this sacrifice of praise that God has asked us to offer involves the expression of the heart through the lips in thanksgiving to God. And we all get to offer it, right? Now, I, I taught in Bible school, uh, you know, and uh, I, I taught a course called The Heart of the Worshipper. So I did a little research you know, on the word praise in the Hebrew, also in the Greek. So I'm going to give you those meanings because we want everything to be scriptural. So... In the, uh, in the Hebrew, the word praise has about five different connotations or meanings. The first one means to shine. All right? So what that tells me is that when you're praising God, that has something to do with your countenance. You can't praise God with an old mully grub face. Well, the Lord is good. I just thank Him. Really? I don't believe you. Right? Come on. The Bible says, lift up your countenance, all you saints of the Lord. Woo! Amen. I mean, something should be emanating. The inside, what's on the inside needs to be coming out on the outside. <laughs> Everybody smile at me. Come on. Let me see your teeth if you got some. Come on. Woo! Shine. A part of praise is shining. Right? All right. Now, the next one is to... Now, I'm just telling you what it is. To make a show. Make a show. Man, when people are praising God, what that tells me if there's... To make a show. There's something happening that is observable. Demonstrating. Man, something's going on. If somebody's making a show, right? To shine, to make a show, to boast. When you're praising God, you're boasting about Him. I don't know about you, you know, of course my age is a little different. When we were kids, you know, if you got in a scuffle on the playground with somebody, you know, and maybe you were kind of not winning at the moment, you'd get up and you'd say, my dad's going to beat your dad. You'd start talking about how big your daddy was. You know, my dad's six foot two. I mean, now they'll shoot you, but used to. We just, we just said, we started talking about our dads, you know, and boasting about them. <laughs> well, a part of praise is boasting. When you start talking about how awesome your heavenly father is, there is none above you. There's none beside you. There's none before you. You alone are God. You're the Alpha. You're the Omega. You're the beginning. You're the end. You're faithful. Thank you, Lord. Are you with me? Boasting in who He is. So we praise. We're shining. We're making a show. We're boasting. Here's another one. Now, this is my favorite. To celebrate. Come on now. It's what I was talking about. Can I stand on this thing? Oh, glory, I like this. Get out here where I can see your eyeballs. But, you know, 
celebrating. One aspect of praise is to celebrate. Now, have you ever seen anybody celebrate? Come on, let's be honest. Or you go to a sporting event. What do you like up here most of all? Soccer, hockey, you know, that's probably, you know, your two mains. I don't know, foot, if you like football and then also uh, basketball. But, but you go to a sporting event and your team is playing and you are a fan. You're a bona fide fan. And man is close. And the time is getting down. And all of a sudden, your team is a little bit behind, and they score a goal, and they move ahead. Now, if you're a fan, you don't sit there and say, well, isn't that wonderful, Martha? They got a goal. Not if you're a fan, you don't. I mean, if your team makes a goal, you're jumping up and down. You're dancing around. And guess what? Nobody thinks anything about it. They say, oh man, they're, they're just a fanatic, man. They're a fan. That's their team. Well, guess what? Jesus did a lot more than take a bag of wind down the field. Right? Or a hockey whatever down the ice. He saved us. He redeemed us. He gave us eternal life. He deserves a little celebration. Are you with me? And it's scriptural. It's in order in its appropriate place and time. I'm just going to get you ready for heaven this morning. There's going to be a lot of celebration. <laughs> you may say, well, I'm reserved. Well, this is your opportunity this morning. Get a little, get a little while for Jesus. And if you're visiting, nobody knows who you are. Just go ahead and cut loose. Amen. Woo! Shine, make a show, boast, <laughs> celebrate. And then the final, to commend or speak favorably of. To commend or speak favorably of. That's once again just the mouth saying, Lord, thank you. Commending him. Thank you that you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. You took us out of death into life. You raised us up and made us sit in heavenly places. You made us new creations. Thank you. Right? Commending, speaking favorably. And now the, the last one is the Greek, and it just means this. The genuine, so that would mean heartfelt, right? The genuine confession, there's the mouth again, of facts in one's life that brings glory to God. Now, what that means is what he did for you personally. When you start praising him because he saved you, man, he turned your life around. He delivered you from drugs and alcoholism or fear and depression and anxiety or, or restored a relationship or helped you walk through a broken one or, you know, blessed your kids or, or helped you financially or blessed your business. Whatever he may have done for you personally... And you confess that and you give him glory for it. Are you with me? So this morning, we're going to offer the sacrifice of praise. You say, now, Brother Marty, why are we going to do that? Well, 1 Chronicles 16.34, notice what it says. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he's good. 
And his mercy endures forever. He's worthy of it. I like Psalm 92. I got two more scriptures for you, then we're going to go. Not go, but go for it. (laughs) Psalm 92. (laughs) Psalm 92, 1 and 2. It is good. Somebody say, it's good. To say thank you to the Lord. To sing praises to the God who is above all gods. Now watch this. Every morning, tell him, thank you for your kindness. Every evening, rejoice in all of his faithfulness. So man, when you get up in the morning, thank you, Lord, for your kindness. When you shut your eyes at night, thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Here's another good one. Psalm 35, 28, and this is your part this morning. I will tell everyone how great and how good you are. I'll praise you all day long. I'll tell everybody how good and how great you are. Now, why does he want us to tell it? Because, friends, it not only brings glory to him, but it helps other people when they hear your testimony. Are you with me? When they hear what God's done for you, it gives them a sense of expectation or hope that he might do it for me. And he will. All right? So here's the game plan. Anybody with me? Can you open that for me? Thank you so I don't drop this thing. Here's the game plan. In a moment. Now, not right now, but in a moment. Thank you. I'll just give it back to you. Thank you. In a moment, I'm going to have everybody stand in the house, all of us. And then on the count of three, I'm going to say one, two, three. And when I do, we're going to release a corporate, that means everybody, all the members. We're going to release a corporate shout of praise. Huh? I said a shout of praise. (laughs) Say, now what in the world is that? (laughs) Do I have to shout? Why do we have to shout? Guys, I don't know. God likes it. How do you know he likes it? All you have to do is read the Old Testament. Every time or multiple times that God gave a battle plan, if it was fighting uh, Joshua in the battle of Jericho and those walls, if it was Gideon in the Midianites, if it was, you know, Israel and the Philistines, every time God would say, all right, guys, do this, 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 and then shout. Have you ever read it? There's something about the shout of praise that comes out of the heart of his kids that seems to activate something in the unseen realm. And so we're going to give a shout. You say, well, I've never shouted before. Well, this morning's your opportunity. And nobody's going to be looking at you. This is between you and God. And you know the old detergent for the tough stains? you got to shout it out. I mean, sometimes, you man, you got stuff just hanging on. Depression and down. You need to shout. And you need to shout loud with a praise unto God. Is anybody with me? So we're going to give him a shout. I'm going to count to three. We're going to shout. We're going to scare every devil in red deer. Amen. They're going to be like, what in the world is going on over there? (laughs) And here comes the fun part now. 
We're going to shout and praise God for a few minutes. And then I'm going to ask different ones of you, as your heart prompts you, to come up here. I know they've got some steps on that side and steps on that side. You can wait there. I will call one at a time. But I'm going to ask those of you, as your heart prompts, to come up here and tell us something good that God has done for you. If he healed you, you tell us. If he delivered you from drugs and alcohol or depression or fear, whatever he did, come tell it. Why? Because it glorifies God and it inspires the faith of others. Now, I want you to listen very carefully. These are important instructions. This is not a time for our latest revelation from the Scripture. Right? This is not a mini-sermon. Okay? And if you're a person given to detail, I just want to put this out there. You know how you read a newspaper and you've got headlines and fine print? This is headlines. Headlines. Because we want to keep it moving. You got it? And have a celebration service. So it's going to be short, concise. I will hold the microphone. I will hold it. I'll put it in front of your uh, your mouth so that we can make sure we hear you, right? Well, and you tell us something God did. Just give us the facts and tell us what he did. And when you do, what are we going to do, guys? We're going to celebrate. We're going to praise God with them. It's scriptural. So we're going to start with a shout. We're going to take a few uh, testimonies. And please don't make me come out there and get you. I know in this room there's got to be multiple testimonies of what God's done. And I know we can't be here all day, but we'll take what we can. All right? And then we're going to give one. That's the first one is the corporate shout. The second is the individual sacrifices of praise. And then we're going to give one final shout of praise. But that shout is on purpose. It's called an anticipatory praise. And what I mean is a praise of expectation. Uh, You know, sometimes you praise God for what He has done. Other times you're praising Him in advance for what you believe He is going to do. This church is headed in a great direction. Everybody's going to stay hooked up in their place. you got some great new frontiers on the horizon. We're going to praise God in advance that every need will be met. It will be perfectly executed. Amen? And maybe you've got some things personally that you're believing God for, but you haven't yet seen the manifestation. Is it scriptural? Is there power in praise or is it just commotion? There's power. One more scripture, Acts 16, 25 and 26. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. It's good to pray, but you need to praise sometimes. And I want you to notice, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Now watch this. And Paul and Silas's prison door was open. Is that what it says? Everyone. All the prison doors were uh, immediately, all the doors were open. Everyone's bands were loosed. So when we praise God, not just you get blessed, 
But everyone in the vicinity of that praise can benefit because the presence of God comes in. And your prison door can be open. And your shackles can be loosed. And you can go out of here, man, with all that junk off of you. Are you with me? God wants you to be happy and free and blessed. And there's power in praise. So, are you ready? Now, I'm just going to say... Josh, I might need a little more if you can give it to me. Now listen, everybody stand up. Are we the household of faith in here? Is my microphone nice and crisp out there? Can you hear me? All right, now here's what we're going to do. You say, now, do I have to participate? It will be a blessing to you if you do. Even if it's hallelujah. That's fine. If that's all you can give it, that's good. That's a good start. But if you can give a shout, <laughs> there's something to it, man. I'm telling you. Woo, I get down in my man cave sometimes. I live with all females. Wife, mother-in-law, two girls. I get down in my, my man cave and sometimes I just shout. Go, Ray! Right? So whatever you want to shout, just praise God. Are you with me? Thank Him for what He's done, what He is doing, you know. And so this is for what He has done in your life. And then in a moment, I'll have some of you come up. Now, I might need a little usher on each side. If you're a dude and you can just step up, you just step up. But I'll call you so you can get in these aisles here. All right? Are you ready? What are we doing, Brother Marty? What I just talked about. We're going to offer the sacrifice of praise to God as the priesthood. Are you ready? It's between you and Him, but we're going to lift a corporate sound. One, two, three. Come on. Hallelujah! (laughs) Oh, Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory, Father. You are worthy. You saved us. You redeemed us. You've given us life. You've made heaven our home. Oh, we give you praise. (laughs) We give you glory. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Hey. Oh, yeah. He woke us up this morning. Started me on my way. together. Come on, we're going to give him praise. Give him the glory. Hey, give him praise. He woke us up this morning, started me on my way. Give him the glory. Hey, come on, give him praise. You know why? (laughs) You got a right to praise him. You got a right. You got a right to praise him. You ought to praise the Lord. Hey, you got a right to praise him. You ought to praise the Lord. You got a right. We got a right. You know why? He woke us up this morning. Started me on my way. Give him the glory. Hey, all All right, Brother Josh, bring it down a little bit now. Now listen, 
I want somebody to come up here and tell me something good Jesus has done for you. Give me the headlines. I know I'm in Canada and you're a little reserved, but come on. Come on. Come on up here. All right, come on up. And guys, if you want to help them up the steps, come stand right here. Tell us something good he's done for you. Are you ready? Yeah. I used to have paralyzing fear so bad I couldn't leave the house. And once I let God into my life, he gave me this unbelievable peace I've never felt as an adult in my life. (laughs) Woo! Glory! Amen! Come on! I'll get you next. Come on, tell us how... Come on, guys. I want some of you younger guys that's got some good testimony. Come on up and tell us, too. Tell us. Well, he delivered me from drugs and alcohol, made me a loving parent from an abuser. He set me free, and he's making me better daily. <laughs> that's our Jesus. Amen. Come on, honey. Come tell us how good he's been to you. Come on. God healed me of my mental illness. I don't have the voices in my head anymore. It's awesome. Thank you, God. (laughs) Come on. Come on, guys. Get out of your seat and come on up and tell us something good. Let us celebrate with you the goodness of God. Come on up, ma'am. Oh, praise the Lord. Now, before you go, I said, get me some guys up here. Come on, fellas. Come on, girls, guys. Get on up. Yeah, I just want to thank God for answered prayer, praying for over a year uh, for family reconciliation. And praise God this week, we've had breakthrough. God, that's so beautiful. Amen. Woo, family reconciliation. Come on, honey, tell us. Thank you. God has delivered me from depression and addiction and set me and my daughter on a new generational path. <laughs> Woo! Hey! I'm telling you! Come on up and tell us how good he's been. God freed me from depression, suicidal thoughts, and put me in family. Oh! Hey, come on! Come on, guys. I appreciate all the ladies. I want some men to come up here, too. Tell us how good he's been. Well, I... Wait a minute. I come not boasting of myself, but I believe that everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know about the love of Christ. God's given me many opportunities to share the gospel with people because it comes out quite naturally because I just think everybody ought to know of the goodness of God. So, um, with my profession, I've got to work with seniors and people with disabilities. Just this uh, December, I was working with a lady that was going to be 99 in April. And throughout the year, got an opportunity to share the Lord with her. And she gave her heart to Christ. 99 years old. But uh, opportunity I had last week. I went to see a lady that I'd seen two weeks prior, and she was quite changed. And she was just, she was, I, I thought, probably on her deathbed, because she was just rigid like this, you know. And I couldn't even turn it back towards me. So I said, and it wasn't a good day for me. So I just said, Lord, you got to help me. So I looked around the room and I said there are a lot of people who love you, you've loved people but I said there's someone else who loves you so I shared the gospel with her 
And although she couldn't speak, and I just would drop a couple of drops of water in her mouth, when I talked about receiving Christ in your heart, you went like this. Glory. <laughs> and she got saved. God bless you. Hey, man, that's one of the greatest miracles. Tell it quick now. Yeah, so share the gospel till the last minute. Amen. Amen. Share the gospel. Come on, honey. That's beautiful, beautiful right here. We're going to take a few more. Come on. Y'all with us? Good. Tell us. Hi. Um, Headline. <laughs> you got nervous. I'm not hitting all 32. <laughs> I always pray when my girls are expecting the verse from the Psalms because it says, the cattle bear without mishap and without loss. He cares way more for humans. So Thursday, without mishap and without loss, we welcome Bennett John, eight pounds, eight ounces. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Come on, brother. Tell us how good he's been. Come on, somebody shout one time. Hey, tell us how good he's been. Yeah, this summer, I blew up my shoulder, impacted, like totally a mess. The first doctor took an x-ray, sent me to a specialist. He said, you're going to need surgery. Came to church. Pastor John asked you guys to lay hands. You guys prayed for me. The specialist looked, said, no surgery. We're going to let it heal. And... how good he's been. Woo! I love hearing the goodness of God. Tell us. Um, I'm very thankful because God's um, goodness and mercy and, follow, uh, and favor follow me all the days of my life, and he's healing my marriage. That's so I'm thankful. Healing marriages. Hey, come on, brother. Tell us how good he's been, too. On December the 20th, I had a stroke. God has made me whole. <laughs> Did y'all hear that? Glory to God. Amen. Hey, yeah, you got it right. All right, man. Tell us how good he's been. Three years ago, I got laid off from my job at a very inopportune time, but it was truly a kick in the right direction. God opened doors to a new path in my career that I had zero qualifications for that totally blew the limits off our finances. God is good. <laughs> he is good, brother. That's beautiful. All right, we're going to take a couple more. Come tell us how good he's been. This is a celebration service. Amen. Tell us how good he's been. Um, 20 years ago, I had cancer. This is my 20-year anniversary cancer-free. God heals every day. Tell us how good he's been. All right. So <laughs> God is so good. He saved me literally and metaphorically from the fire, snatched me out, Glory. gave me a new name. He said to me, he said, you have walked through fire and survived. Now you will rise from the ashes and thrive. And I am and I'm free. Glory. And I want to set all the captives free. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tell us how good he's been. Well, because of Jesus, I forgave the man who murdered my husband, and he sent me to Canada to find a new person, new people, and renewed purpose. And you have, haven't you? Glory to God. That's beautiful. I tell you, forgiveness is powerful. Woo! Amen. 
All right, everybody, listen up now. <laughs> we gave our first shout. We've heard some beautiful testimonies, and I know there's a lot more. But now we're going to do what we call our anticipatory praise. And you can keep the track going, but just get ready. To... So this is our, our anticipatory praise, which means you got something you're believing God for, you need to see come through, and you haven't yet. You need some prison doors open. You need some chains loose. I want to ask you a question. You know, the reality is the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous as ears are open to our prayers. We got a lot we're believing for corporately in the days ahead. Why don't we praise God in advance for those prayers being answered, right? Those healings or whatever your needs are coming into manifestation. I want to ask you a question. How would you praise God? How would you celebrate if you knew what you've asked him for was already on the way because it is go ahead and show it finances, turning bad situations around as we praise you this morning. Oh, thank you, Lord. All right, now, you can bring that track down and get ready for the second one, but don't start it yet. Because listen, they used to call, you can take that down all the way. They used to call, uh, call us, I sang with this group called the Ramos Singers and Band, but they called us the Ramos Screamers and Band. And it did a number, but I'm still going to sing. Amen. So I'm going to sing this last song. I want you all to sing it with me. But this is what I believe will be our, uh, our testimony. You remember that skinny guy from Georgia came there? We did that celebration. He said, praise God in advance. I did. And look what the Lord's done. That's going to be our testimony. All right. Y'all sing it with me. Crank it up. Give me some reverb. It covers the multitude of sin. Hey, look what the Lord has done. That's what we're going to say. The Lord has done. Hey, he healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. Each day he's just the same. Hey, come out and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. That's what we're going to say. Hey, look what the Lord has done. Oh, look what the Lord has done. Hey, he healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. Each day he's just the same. Woo! Come up and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Hey, I got it. I got it. Anybody else got it? I got it. I got it. It'll come out in a minute. I got it. Hey, I got it. Hey. Something about that Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I got it in my hands. Got it in my feet. Got it in my walk. 
Got it in my talk. Got it all over. Hey, God's not dead, y'all. He's still alive. God's not dead. He's still alive. God's not dead. He's still alive. <laughs> I feel him in my hands. Feel it in my feet. Feel it in my walk. Feel it in my talk. Feel it all over me. God's not dead. He's God's not dead, y'all. God's not dead. Hey, I feel it in my hands. Feel it in my feet. Feel it in my walk. Feel it in my talk. Feel it all over me. Hey, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> hey, something about that Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I got it in my hands. Got it in my feet. Got it in my walk. Got it in my talk. Got it in my hands. Got it in my feet. Got it in my walk. Got it in my talk. Got it all Lord has done. That's what we're gonna say. Look what the Lord has done. Hey, He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm gonna praise His name. He said He's just the same. Woo. Come help me praise Him. One more time. Hey, look what the Lord has done. That's what we're gonna say. Look what the Lord has done. My body, he touched my mind, he saved me just in time. Oh, I'm gonna praise his name. He say he's just the same. Woo! Come help me. Look what the Lord has done. Oh, come help me praise him. Come help me praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Oh, wow. Come help me praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Listen, this is just a warm-up for heaven. There's going to be a lot of celebration there, and there won't be any reservation. Amen. I appreciate you guys being tolerant of a little loudness up here because it needed to get all the way to the back. So you got to run a little louder, you know. Anyway, I love you. God bless you. Don't forget to praise Him in the morning when you get up. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your faithfulness. I'm going to turn it back to Pastor. Uh, Amen. We'll see you tonight if you can make it. Amen. God bless you.